Hi, and welcome to episode 233 of the Mike Wright's podcast. I'm Jack, as always, joined by KC. No. Uh, no Connie this week. He's getting married on Saturday. He's got a lot on, um, which is why... Listen, listen mate, we're going to be there, and we're yeah. this. Yeah. Next week's podcast might be a bit weird, because I'm not sure how much of a game any of us are going to see. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll <laughs> see. Just get some fill-ins. There's, a, there's one main question, KC. Are we good? I think we might be good. Um, yeah, basically, I think we are now. <laughs> um, we'll just been, get straight into it. It's um, been good. It's been it's been there's relegation really. Yeah, it's great fun. Fuck the Premier League. It's shit. Ultimately, I'm happier now than I was in you know February. Are we coming round to the? <laughs> I believe it was Moscowite who said. I would love us to win the championship every season and not get promoted. Yeah. Yeah. Are we coming around to his way of thinking a lot? Yeah. Breakaway. Yeah. (laughs) The football league breaks away from... (laughs) From itself. (laughs) (laughs) There is no League One, League Two or Premier League. It's just the championship. Yeah. Is is it a greedy money grab to, like, separate yourself off and have a close shop if it's at the second tier? Uh, tough to judge it that way. Hmm. So yeah, we'll get into the game. Uh, Leeds three, Watford nil. We were just really good all the way through. Basically, there's no, there's no real issues. Um, Byron came back in, which we wanted, but ev- everyone expected it to be for Shackleton, but it was actually for Luke Ayling with Shackleton moving to right back. Uh, Glenn Kamara came in for Archie Gray. And Somerville replaced the injured Willie Nonto, who we now know has had surgery. As of today, he's had successful surgery, but he's going to be a while yet. Um, was there, there wasn't any point, whether it? it was just from minute one, we were just miles better than him. No, from from minute one, we were the better team. Um, I, I, I never really understood the way they set up, other than... They have a very big lad up top, but they never really seem to get it to him that much. Yeah, they, um, they seem to start in a four. It was a four-three-three, but like Ince and literally, I don't even know. I don't remember who the left winger was. I mean, I was going to say you'd be, I'd be hard pressed to tell you anything impressive. Tom Ince did. Yeah, but like they just didn't. They weren't involved at all. Like, you notice Sierra Alta a little bit, but the, it is true that the main thing that you noticed was that Radjevic doesn't look very good. Hmm. It wasn't quite Paul Onoachu for Southampton last season, but it wasn't well, good. I mean, straight out of the gate, his literal first challenge was they pumped it long. He never looked at the ball once and charged into Pascal Stroud. Hmm. And honestly, I don't know how it wasn't a yellow card right off the bat. Because there was, he could have had about four, couldn't he? He had he had two in about three minutes that didn't get booked. Um, Was it it him that kicked someone in the head as well? I think it. Yeah, I think it was a high foot in there. Um, You you just watch the stuff that that seemed to be let go, or just given as a free kick and and no card, and then Ruter got booked for. What was it, knocking the ball back five yards or something? Uh, no, he, he wasn't ten yards and stuck his leg up. No, to block. But yeah, uh, the only thing that was annoying about the first half is that we managed to go in nil-nil. We were all over them. 
Daniel Backman made a couple of very good saves. The one from Ampadu was a really good save. A better that one was better than it looked in the ground. Now I've seen mm. it back. Uh, really good save from Somerville as well after he got put through by Rutter. And I he stayed on his feet well, so I'll give him credit for that for saving the big Rutter chance. But that wasn't good goalkeeping. That was shit forward play. <laughs> That shit, that shit bastard, Jorginho Ruter. Yep. There oh, was, there was oh people how I looked it. at that moment and thought, here we go. Well, obviously, KC was sat ne- next to me at this game, so he heard some of the stuff around us. <laughs> there was some people not happy with Jorginho Ruter, and it was annoying me, and it couldn't have made me any happier what happened later. Um, We were just utterly dominant in the first half, which I think it showed a lot that Watford made three subs at halftime. Which, like, their setup for the second half, the kind of the more I thought about it, it was um, it was a 3-3-2-2 was kind of their setup almost. A back three, wing backs and a holding mid, two centre mids, and then two out and out forwards. Hmm. Who still never touched the ball. Like, they had two men up there, and I can't tell you of many long balls that were won. Like Pascal Strauch had a had a fantastic day winning headers again. Um, yeah. We should probably mention now because they, they didn't have to do much defending, but Strauch and Cooper were both good. Cooper yeah, did there's... one one silly. Uh, you remember against Hull, he got a ball passed back to him and he just left it for Melier without communicating, and then they panicked a bit. He did that exact same thing again, but other than that, he was good. Yeah, I, th- I think maybe the. The the one criticism you'd have for Cooper is that it probably took him a bit. It, his distribution was probably a touch on the slow side at times, yeah. but it def, but it definitely improved in the second half as well. I th- you know I think that I think he kept getting caught in a couple of minds about which pass to play because you'd have Byron would get into a decent space on on the left hand side, and then it, it it would probably be a bit too slow, and 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 either the centre back or the the full back kind of goes with him. Yeah, that lofted ball to Byron was weird because he turned it down quite a few times. But the three times he played it, he got it perfect every single time. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, the, the, I thought I thought the back four as a whole, very good performance. Uh, Glenn Kamara, good good first start hmm. as well. I, uh, I liked what I saw about Kamara. Um, he was, you know, he was good on the ball and all of that stuff. The thing that I liked was his timing of when to really press up and sort of go from it being two deep midfielders to just pushing up and leaving Ampadu back by himself. Every single time he went, he timed it really well. So he always, it never meant that they could just spin around him and get away. He always timed it right. And that was really good to see. Shows an understand. Shows he's really understood what the press trigger should be and when to go. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, th- I think ultimately that there is fr- from that game, and, and I've I've said before on on here about kind of how I saw the team being if you if you had everyone fully fit, um, about Ruter probably moving out to the right hand side to make way for like a fit Patrick Bamford. N- no, you're less sure about that now. <laughs> you know what? Um, you. Again, you have the, the the constant talk with with Piro is how little he is involved in the game at times. Um, 
but if you are going to be in the right place at the right time to score a goal, it, it really doesn't matter. And, and I thought in this one, probably more so in the second half, I think you saw Ruter dropping a bit deeper to get on the ball. Um, and he was just having so much, uh, and I mean this in, in every sense of the word, he had so much joy in possession. Um, I, I, I actually, I love him. I'm not like I said this before we even set up like the third goal and stuff. And we, me and my dad on about on the way to the game. I was I was saying he might be my favourite player because he's just so likable. And then he turned in a performance like that, and I was like, no, he's definitely my favourite player. I absolutely love him. And I even love him when he does. You know when he does the like that stupid miss in the first half. I even sort of smiled when he did that because <laughs> it's just it's it's so it's so on brand. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think the way I thought about it is uh, everyone else playing the championship while Jorginho Ruter is here playing FIFA Street. Yeah, um, um, we'll get into the second half because after the changes, they went to the like a proper three at the back and really set the stall out. And for about five minutes, they looked a bit better. And then Leeds just overran them again and just kept battering them. Uh, the first one of like Rutter's little world beat bits was he got the ball from a Byron throwing and like beat two and played Somerville in and Somerville was denied by an okay save he didn't really catch the shot but if he had just played it to his left Piro was in uh, and then we finally broke him uh, Rutter again beats two plays it to Dan James breaks down the right and Dan James had had such a weird game up to this point because he had been incredibly wasteful and done some really shit things in possession he'd also set up the best chance of the game like he'd, he'd had a really odd game, but this was just a really good cross. Never going anywhere else except Joe Perot's foot, who has got into, as he does, he's in a load of space, seven yards out, smashes the volley home. And as soon as that goal went in, there was like, it's been a while since I've seen like that palpable sense of relief at a goal. Just, ah, I think we'll be okay now. And it, it really was a, it was just such a well-taken... Right the way through, everyone involved in the move, it was just... A, everyone did the exact right thing. Yeah. Uh, there's not much else you can add to it in, in, in terms of that. It's, again, Ruter just having fun and then giving it to Dan James. And I don't know if I've seen him hit a better cross in terms of just that's where it needs to go. And he's landed it within an inch of that spot. Yeah. You know, it, it was just absolutely perfect where it needed to be. And as I said before, Ruter can drift in and out of games and go in lengthy periods without doing a whole lot. But when you can pop up and score a goal like that, it it's... I, I it's wish Ruter thing... could, as you, as you called him, Ruter. Oh, sorry, Piro. Um... <laughs> By the way, I will just... For, bit of fourth wall breaking. We're both knackered. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's that constant thing when you hear, and no, I am not making a direct comparison ability-wise, but the fact that even now, pundits still go, is Erling Haaland doing enough in this game? And you're like, why does it matter? He's going <laughs> to score twice anyway. What yeah. does it matter? And it, I did, you know. when I watched it back, because I've missed it off the notes, so I haven't even mentioned it. 
Pirro was much more involved in this one. He still he wasn't as involved in players like Rutter was, but he sets up that Ampadu chance. He plays that outside of the foot through ball that Dan James runs onto, and he's clean, he's quicker than everyone else on the pitch. Has a two yard head start and doesn't get the shot away. Instead, choosing to slow down and dive. <laughs> um, again, this is what I meant by he's having a weird game. But he's never going to be completely involved. But whenever he does get on the ball, he does something with it. Yeah. And if if you if we had three players like that, we'd be in trouble. But I think we can get away with one. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I think you're absolutely fine with players like that as long as as what they do is is having an, a, a positive effect on the game. You know, I think unfortunately last year we were watching too many players who when they got on the ball they just they, there was like five Dan Jameses. Yeah. There just wasn't a, there wasn't I've mentioned there wasn't it on the final ball. My dad spent the entire season just shouting the word composure. Yeah. And he was right. <laughs> um <laughs> it was you know we had a full season of watching Brendan Aronson going. He's he's got the ball in a decent position, but I know he's going to turn. He's going to drive away from goal, and he's going to go down. Like nothing is going to come from this, other than yeah, he'll make fifteen yards up. But if you're not troubling the keeper or beating a defender and or winning a free kick or something, it comes to nothing. And and we had too much of that. Whereas at this level, I look at Somerville, who I think can beat absolutely anyone. Hero, like you say, will will take his chances when he gets there. Very good at bringing others into the game. Ruter does whatever the fuck he wants, and Dan James uh, does it really fast, except when he's ahead of them. Yeah, um, with it being Leeds, even though we've battered them and they haven't had a kick, you won the up. You do think it's still Leeds. We need another, and for once. You're not there going, oh, we're waiting around, it's all scrappy. No, a couple of minutes later, Dan James takes best corner he's taken all season. It's very rare, actually, to see one of these, but Sam Byron does manage to thunder bastard a header. God, it's a brilliant (laughs) header as well, isn't it? It's just... um... Again, this is nicked, but I thought, I think it was on the match ball. Yeah. Um, The the technique was so right that it was like a drawing out of Roy of the Rovers. Yeah. That is exactly what you wanted it to be. <laughs> it was um it was everything Addy Moses' header was. That own goal for Barnsley, just bang bullet, yes. Oh, but in his case it was the wrong goal. But it was, you know. It, it, you love seeing a header like that because it's so rare that we win a header from one of our own corners, let alone hit the target. Um it it almost catches you by surprise. Um but really, really nice moment for Sam Byron, obviously, with, with everything he's been going through the last couple of years with injuries. And, um, you know, it's it's just great to have him around who I think is an excellent player to have at this level if you are, are going to get 25-plus games out of him. And I, th- I think if we manage his load properly, I think we probably will. Yeah, well, when we signed Byron, well, more even before we signed him, when he was just playing in pre-season, we saw him and we were both like, well, he's definitely playing well enough that we should give him a year. Uh, but, you know, because he'll be a good person to have in and around the squad. He can back up, he can fill holes at right back and left back. 
we really underestimated how good a season, how good a signing he was going to be. Because he looks. I mean, I always I always rated him when he was here the first time, but he seems like a, just so much more complete. And I know he spent a lot of time playing at left back over the last few years, but I haven't really seen it. I just know he has because it's come up. And he, he just looks so composed. I, I I still think like Rutel was man at match. I don't think there was much debate about it. But if I was if I had to pick someone else, it would have been Sam Byron. I thought he was outstanding. He defensively, he he is fantastic for someone that's defending on his on his weaker side. Um, I know we probably place a bit more emphasis on the right back to be the one that that gets higher up the pitch. Yeah, but, but there, there but, was a change of that in this game. Well, yeah, because if if you think you know, I think the obvious part of that for us was with Shackleton at, at left back, uh, sorry, at right back, the the ball out to Byram in the air just makes a lot more sense for looking for that that header on if that's where it's going to. Um, I think part of it was that, but I also think part of it is when your two wingers are Dan James and Crescencio Somerville, the fullback you want high and wide is whoever is on Somerville's side because Somerville is going to want to go inside and Dan James is going to want to stay outside. So with yeah. some of them on the left, he's gonna drift inside. So that's where the space is. And I yeah. thought that, like Shackleton was willing to get forward. He got into the box a few times, but instead of it always being the same side, we seem to be a bit more varied. And I think that helped us. I think that helped our attacking play quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think the other side of it as well, in in terms of looking at Watford. I couldn't tell you what their strategy was because they didn't they didn't defend particularly narrowly or put men behind the ball, but the wingers didn't get into the game. The, the center, there wasn't many long balls up to the centre forward for for knockdowns. Um, you know, the most success they had was that they they pinned us in for. A few minutes, they, they, you know, you got to give them credit after half time that they made it difficult for us to play out from the back. And there was a couple of times it ends up going back to Melier or or we give away possession. But once that had died down, it just went back to them offering nothing. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know anyone on the pitch for them who. I would have who you could say outperform you know outperformed their opposite number at Leeds. Oh, definitely not. There wasn't even close. Uh, we have had a message off Connie who's managed to find a couple of minutes ahead of wedding planning. Uh, Byron James and Shackleton have been the pleasant surprises so far. Rotors transformed, looks a cut above in this league. Piro, every inch for strike, have been crying out for two seasons. We look united again under Farco and long may it continue. Connie, if you get a sec, drop us a prediction in for this weekend's game. Otherwise, otherwise, I will do what I did for the last weekend, which is whatever the shortest odds Leeds win is, because he always goes for a Leeds win. Um, so, yeah, the, the other thing about the Byron goal, way less technical, way less about how Leeds were playing. It was You just fucking love to see it, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> like, I was so happy for him when he went in. And he's he, not so much in the league games, but in the, in the pre-season games, he got on the end of quite a few. 
Uh, so it was glad to see it come in. Uh, Leeds did start making changes after that. Um, I think that they were all after that goal. Yeah. Um, 80 minutes, Jaden Anthony on for Crescentio Somerville. And then uh, Graham Paveda came on for Piro and James. Uh, Jaden Anthony first, did. At first, I thought you said called him Graham Paveda. Yeah, Gray and Paveda. I, that's not the weird one. I keep wanting to call Jaden Anthony Mason Anthony, and I've no idea why. Yeah. I have Googled Mason Anthony. It's not a thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, by the way, Connie is going 2 uh, 0 late. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, I don't know where it's coming from. It's just a mental thing that I can't get by. Uh, they gave the ball away, and like Jaden Anthony beat, he like nutmegged one and beat the other and killed one straight at the keeper. And I didn't mind him going for it to try and get some confidence, but Rutter was unmarked, two yards onside, on the edge of the box. Like, yeah. Should have given it, him up. I think it's one of those where I, I kind of looked and just thought, you're 2-0 two, you're two up, it's your, it's your home debut. Eager to impress. Yeah. You know, you, you're going you're gonna to go for goal there. Yeah. Luckily, Rutter does not hold a grudge. <laughs> uh, gets the ball in midfield, beats two players, and the one with the little step over and beat him, Ellen Road made a noise I haven't heard it make maybe since Rafinha. You know that? Oh, that <laughs> noise. <laughs> it was, everyone was just going. It, well, they made that noise in the first half when he did that uh, roulette turn as well, which we haven't really talked about, but it was outstanding. But, you know, there's bits of skill and flash, and then there's doing the right thing with it. And after he does it, he plays a perfect through ball. Jaden Anthony for one goal, doesn't panic, takes his time, puts it in the corner, like opens his body up, far corner. Great finish. And, I mean, I don't care about facts anymore. He's better than Sinistero anyway. Fuck that man and all he stands for. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. And we will fawn over... Jorginho Rutter, I imagine. This, oh god, uh, this assist was so good, man. And I was, I was like, oh, oh and he, he played the ball, and the man was gone. I just started shouting, "I fucking love him! I love him so much!" <laughs> like I was just going, "He's my absolute favorite player. He's brilliant." <laughs> I am, um, I'm, I'm. It's not even. I, I'm a 33 year old man who's tempted to go get his name on the back of my shirt. Like that's how much I love him. <laughs> He was, yeah, he was fantastic, and it was. There's, there's not many. As, as, as a Leeds fan, I, I, I'm, you try and think through the players where you're just. It's exciting to watch them, on their own. Like there, there are there are players I've loved and players who can do great things, but the, the, you don't see. Players whipping out those sort of skills, every day at Leeds. All right, you know if you. A scum fan, and you see, um, I don't know that's probably not a good example at the current moment. But that that's why who flaps his legs all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, you might see it all the time. But at Leeds, you, you you don't see a lot of players who who do that sort of thing. Even even Pablo was the, the you had the nutmeg aspect to it, yeah. but you didn't see a lot of actual sort of trickery to it. No, um, his the thing that made him, that separated him was weight of pass and things like that. Yeah. And nutmegs. Yeah. And then <laughs> you just see some kid just like, 
What, beat two men out on the touchline? Yeah, let's do a roulette between them. It's fine. Yeah, he's just he's just wonderful. I mean, it was one of them assists. And part of this is because it's early days for Jaden Anthony and he hasn't got a song yet. But you score the goal and everyone immediately sings the name of the person that set it up. <laughs> you do get it every now and then. I have seen it before. Like I've seen Pablo's had a couple had a couple of them where you just were watching it going, that was all about the assist. That was nothing to do with the goal. But this was one of them. And it was a really good finish. It's underrated how good a finish it was just because of how good the assist was. Um, but yeah, I'm head over. I am head over heels. He is the man, and I, just, I he's growing into this number nine role. He's never going to be a lead the line, knock long balls up to him striker. But he is getting better at making the right runs and being in the right places, and he just has enough pure ability that you have to stick with it. Uh, late on, Leeds brought on. Leeds made a couple of defensive changes and did lose the shape a little bit, leading to one big chance. But Melier made a great save. Fourth clean sheet in a row, which I believe is the first time since just before the COVID break. Because we kept five, didn't we? We won five in a row without conceding before the COVID break. Yeah. So hopefully we can equal that at the weekend. Um, <laughs> oh, Radwood of Connie talking about the, the assists. And he said the Jack Harrison goal against Fulham where Pablo plays that flicked pass around the corner. Nah, mate, that's like, just was, that, that it, was just a hopeful long ball if you're a... Exactly. Silver. That would have been one where that went in and everyone would have just sung Pablo's name. Um, there isn't a great deal of actual news stuff. In fact, there isn't really any. Uh, Leeds under-21s play Nice under-21s in Premier League International Cup at 7pm today. If you've got LUTV, that'll be on. And that just takes us straight through to Southampton. Uh, away, Saturday, 12.30, on telly. Out of the uh, facts press conference, there was only one major takeover from a Leeds perspective, and that's it sounds like Bamford will be on the bench. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah. He lives. Uh, I look at Southampton's farming coming into this. They've lost their last four. They do only have three points fewer than Leeds. Yeah, I, I mean, you're looking at 5-0 loss to Sunderland, 4-1 to, to Leicester, 1-0 to Ipswich and, and 2-1 to Southampton. Southampton, uh, Southampton there. Sorry, Middlesbrough. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, I'm tired. one of the things, were, and don't get me wrong, they should not lose four in a row with squad they've got. But Sunderland do a good side. Leicester are probably, probably like on paper, best side in division. Ipswich have lost one out of about 28 games, which was us. And Middlesbrough have had a bad start to the season, but they are one of them teams where like every metric says that they're a lot better than their results. So, yeah. it's, I mean, that Middlesbrough result is a bad one. But there's a decent amount of noise saying that if we beat him, Russell Martin might get sacked. I mean, yeah. I did, and it's it's always going to be a little bit tough because you have to look at the players they have lost. Yeah, um, I mean, just, what well, tough. Obviously, they've lost Lavia to Chelsea. Livermento's gone to Newcastle. Ward-Prowse to West Ham. Um, I yeah. don't know where he's gone, but Nathan Teller went to Germany. 
Um, that's Salisu as well. He was a really good centre back. So they've lost a fair, they've lost a fair few, but they have brought in some decent players as well. Like they've brought yeah. in Taylor Howard, Bellis, and Mason. Like I don't particularly like Mason Holgate, but in the Championship, he's a good defender. Flynn Downs should be a good midfielder at this level. Taylor Howard, Bellis should be about as good a centre back as you're going to get. Signed, I, uh, signed Ryan Manning. Yeah, completely unchallenged. Apparently. Yeah, we, we we weren't interested. We were getting Sam Byron. What did it matter? Yeah. Um, they spent a load of money on that Shea Charles from Man City's academy to be like holding mid, which I aren't going to knock because the last time they did that was Romeo Lavia, and that worked. So fair enough. And they also signed Ross Stewart from Sunderland, who you know the Loch Ness Drogba. Uh, Great. Name. He, he is a good lead line striker, has more pace than you think for someone as tall as that, good finisher, but he has just been injured for the best part of the, for like nine months. Yeah, still, I, I couldn't tell you when he will be fit. He hasn't played yet this season. Yeah. Oh, I don't think he's... I, I haven't heard out, so I'm assuming he's not fit for this one. But they've been 4-3-3 pretty consistently. They, they have played with two up top a couple of times, but it's mostly 4-3-3. Um... When you look at their side, like their side, that's just the expected one, given what they've played in other games. Bazoon doing goal, Kyle Walker-Peters at right back, Jan Bednarek and Taylor Howard Bellis centre-back, Ryan Manning left-back. This has got Joe Alibo in midfield with Will Smallbone and Flynn Downs. And then a front three, uh, Sam Adozzi, Che Adams, Adam Armstrong. Like, it's a good side, that. Yeah. It's not what it was on the opening day when I saw them. Like, when they played their first game at season and they still had... Ward Prowse and Nathan Teller, you were looking at it going, that's a that's a league winning side. And it's dropped off since then. But it's still there still should be a good team. It, this should be a, a very competitive game when when you look at those two the two squads involved. Um you know I, it really seemed to take it out of them when Ward Prowse went. Yeah, but um, I, you know, they, they started well. What was it? Three wins out of the first four. Yeah, and a, and a four-all draw with Norwich. Um, although I'm, I'm saying that you're looking at this and it's, there's wins again. Beats you know, beat Chef Wednesday with a late winner. Drew with Norwich. Beat newly promoted Plymouth. With a 94th minute winner, um, and then QPR, who I think have started better than. We well, were, I had them 24th. Yeah, they, they, they've started better than they were being tipped for, but against a team like Southampton, you know, it's probably a game that Southampton should be winning anyway. Well, as well, um, overall they have, but when you say started better, I mean, they got beat 4 0 by the Watford team we just played. <laughs> the QPR. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they've now played. And then after that, they followed up by playing four teams who, all right, Middlesbrough have not got off to the start. People had thought they would, including myself. But they've now played four teams who are, who are tipped to be there or thereabouts. And Ipswich, who have been in brilliant form for over a year now, yeah, even though, newly, even though they're newly promoted, Ipswich were in the top six favourites for the league. Yeah, but, you know, they, they play, what is it, Sunderland, Ipswich, 
uh, Leicester and Middlesbrough, and they've lost all of them. Yeah, which very much it's going to be a very, yeah. very much smacks of us under Christensen. Yeah, <laughs> and had a good start, and then we had to play some good sides. Yeah, we played someone half decent, and then it all went to shit. Um, I'm I... <sighs> this is an early call, and don't get me wrong, I would still start him. I wouldn't. Would I even ch- would I change a thing? Do you bring Archie Gray back I, in? Look, one, Roden is no longer suspended. Liam Cooper did great, but I do bring Roden back in for Cooper and mm. go back to Roden and Strack. It is in no way a slight on Liam Cooper. It, I just I think that is our best two. Um I'm just looking at their midfielders. Who's he who's he gonna be who are they gonna be up against? I think he probably does bring Archie Gray back in. And I think that's fine. He I thought that Gray would miss the whole game out of the three. But Yeah. yeah I th- I think Archie Gray comes back in. The the optimism, by the way, when we brought him off the bench for those final few minutes was leg breaking injury out for the season. Yeah, um, for such a needless substitution, in my in my opinion, at that point. But um, the I, do, I think, do you think do you think Ailing might Ailing might come in for Shackleton? I think he probably does. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's. I think he probably will. Um, if they play, if they play that Adozi up against him, it could be a problem because Adozi is really quick and really skillful. But I think. Shackleton would also struggle against him. He just wouldn't struggle as much on the pace side. Yeah. Um, I think it probably will be Ailing comes back in. And I think that'll probably be it for changes. I think he'll leave Dan James in. Yeah. I don't think he'll change that front four. It worked too well. Yeah, with the week off, I don't think you need to be looking at changing any of those guys in terms of having having a break. There is no way he will do this, and I wouldn't do it either. There is an argument for playing someone else at 10 because Southampton keep the ball loads. And Pirot, for everything he does, he does not press well. He doesn't chase around. Who needs to play at 10? Someone else. Someone (laughs) else. I I mean, I wouldn't change it either. I would leave him in. But there is an argument for it, for this Mm. game going right for an hour. You leave Kamara in, you play Archie Gray as the 10 and let him run his ass off for an hour and then you bring Pillow on. I, I don't think, I wouldn't do that. I don't think he will do that, but there is an argument for it. No, I If you get that one chance and it falls to Archie Gray and he misses it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, sake, if that had been Pillow, it's probably a goal. Tough, tough one to justify. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be back to pretty much as exactly as you expect it to be at this point, outside of, obviously, uh, Nanto with his injury. Um, but, yeah, like I said, by, by, by the sounds of things, that, w- that was successful. Furpo isn't there yet. Bamford is expected to travel um, right up until he slips on a particularly wet patch of grass or something and It'll be on Friday as well, won't it? Yeah. For tomorrow. Yeah. Um, the the only thing that I suppose it's possible that like one of James or some of them dropped out for Jordan Anthony, but I don't think he will. 
No, I, I don't see it. And, and to be fair, it'd be um, it'd be a bit of a tough one on Jay, either one to be honest to drop out after, especially for Dan James if he was the one to drop out after that. Yeah, Nick Messages is saying that he thinks the only change will be Roden for Cooper. No Ailing, so Strauch's captain. I'd be absolutely fine with that. I think I think he will bring Ailing back in, but if he plays Shackleton, that's fine. Other than yeah. Shackleton played well, barring he played a couple. It was he had a bad like four minutes where he played three bad passes quite quick. But outside of that, he was fine. Um yeah, I'm I'm sort of looking at this game and trying to remember what Southampton should be rather than what they are recently. Because I think that if I, I... I basically... I am refusing to go for a win. Because if you look at it, every time I've gone for a win, we haven't. And every time I don't, we win. Uh, which doesn't bode well for a way to do predictions, but I'm willing to have that bit of a trade-off. Obviously, Connie messaged earlier while prepping for his wedding. He said 2-0. Alex, for our outsider's perspective, has us winning 4-0. I love, um, the, I love the optimism. Uh, but we, we, I'm we, going to go 1-1 draw because every time I go for a draw, we seem to do better. And I do think Southampton are due a performance where they play to the level they should. Yeah, um, last two times we've been there as well, a, a defeat and a draw. I'm trying to remember, when will the last two have been? Is one of them that painter game? Where he misses that absolute sitter? I mean, that was a def- that was a defeat there. Yeah, no, I'm just that trying was... to remember. I'm, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, we, there was the Tyler Roberts scored in the Premier League, the Anklos yeah. Dolls, didn't he? Yeah. 2-0 win. No, no, I think there was fans at that one. I think I think this was um, at the back end when it was like twenty. Oh, is that one of the last like two that. games of the season when you could have yeah. like a third in? Yeah. Um, so yeah, t- there's Tyler Robertson. Bamford got the other. Yeah, and that was that was the game where Bamford was screaming at the referee. So I have to dive then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then followed up with the uh, abysmal performance under. Bielsa, where Rafinha was, is it he was ill coming back from international duty, so he didn't play, and Phillips wasn't fully fit, so I don't think he played either, and we were awful. Um, Weirdly, you know what? I can remember it cutting to Rafinha being sat at the side, not playing. Yeah. I don't remember the game at all. Yeah, we watched that one at yours. Um, And then there was the uh, brilliant, heroic uh, 80-minute performance of Jesse Marsh's Leeds. Oh, yeah. At St. Mary's last season. Um, Where it was was about, uh, to Americanise it because it was Jesse Marsh, it was about 108 degrees. And he said, I know how to handle this because I've managed in the MLS and you get days like this. So he proceeded to not make any substitutions. And then when they're all bollocks at the end, they conceded two goals. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um, I I'm remaining cautious of of this one at the moment. Like yeah. I I think if we play like we have done, um, in these last few games, and I, and I include sort of the first hour against Hull in there as well, um, that we should beat them given how they've been playing. But that you know there is still a good team there. Yeah. Um, 
I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go for a back-to-back two-all draws. So you're going two-two. Cool. Yeah. Um. Right. They're all in the sheet. Um, yeah, I don't think that there's all else to add. As I say, the, the next podcast might be weird because I am not sure how much of this we're going to get to see. Um, I'm sure there'll be a window. Well, the, the ceremony is early. I think that the ceremony will be done by them, but it'll, there'll be all, all the photos and stuff will be happening in and around them. Yeah. So we'll have to see how much we can do. And, uh, you know, it, it, there's going to be a lot of Leeds fans there. We could do with Leeds winning just for the mood. <laughs> it'll be a happy day either way but it could be an extra happy day if we win uh, so I think that that is everything, we will be back one of the days early next week uh, quite, say, quite... we, will, we will have to squeeze one in before Wednesday won't we yeah because we play, in fact uh, probably Monday is quite a good day for it I might even uh, have to have a word with Ava's grandparents to see if I can have her for a couple of hours, because otherwise I'm otherwise I think I'm really going to be pushed for time before Wednesday. Yeah, this is, I don't know why we do this. This is this is Patreon content where you get to listen to the producers' discussions. Yeah, Connie with a message there. Married life depends on the result for me. So just in case you wondered how serious it was. Uh, but yeah, that will do us for episode 233, which I titled How How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love Jorginho Rutter. <laughs> uh, that'll do us. I've been Jack. See ya. I've been Casey. Have a good one. In a bit. <laughs>